Lotus Guriel signs what looks to be a team-friendly hometown discount kind of deal with the Diamondbacks. Kind of got me thinking about Jorge Soler on a day where rumors start to pop up around Jorge Soler. Are the Yankees in on Jorge Soler? What does that mean for Giancarlo Standard? Equally, it looks like the Mariners are favorites, but the Marlins still remain interested. I'm wondering if Jorge Soler and the Marlins, there's still a deal to be done. I also want to talk about Following up from last week's episode as well, Jesus Lazardo talked about it. I think he could be moved. And I think I have found the perfect deal. Tons to get into. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Lockdown Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. Happy Monday, guys. Happy Monday. Monday, the 18th of December. Uh, Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. This is your team every day, even in December. Yes, sir. There is a YouTube channel as well, guys. Make sure you head on over there, hit subscribe. Also, I haven't introduced myself yet either, so got this intro all wrong. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. And for the new listeners wondering, who the hell is this British guy covering the Marlins? Great question. Became a Marlins fan in 2016, so I'm relatively new to baseball. Part of the Marlins media circuit in the COVID 2020 year in 2021. And I'm fundamentally just a fan with a podcast, guys. And speaking of podcasts, what have we got in store for you today? Tons in store, even on the 18th of December, when the Marlins have yet to spend any money in free agency. So, you know, there's tons to get into. <laughs> um, I've got a win-win trade queued up for you. Uh, as I mentioned and discussed in some detail last week, and over the weekend as well, there was a Saturday episode, so make sure you hit that one. Um, I, I'm just looking at the you know the information coming out and i just get the sense that jesus lazado is going to be moved there's no smoke without fire and we keep hearing jesus lazado we keep seeing reports we keep seeing discussions winter meetings discussions i think jesus lazado is going to be moved the question is is to where and what is the return and i have a win-win trade that i think will look pretty similar in some ways there's a bit more risk for the marlins but a win-win trade that could look Pretty similar to the one from last offseason. Ended up being a fat dub both ways. We're going to cover that in segment two. What I wanted to start with, because this has been topical today specifically, um, because there's some rumors around Jorge Soler coming out. And, and I must say, it's been relatively quiet this far around Jorge Soler. We haven't really heard a ton around anything that, well, I can think of anyway, linked to Jorge Soler and potential free agents and destinations and whatever it might be. What we have seen is Soler, the only times we have seen him, he's been in the South Florida area. He kind of popped up at a Dolphins game. Him and Jazz were there. We've seen him working out, putting out videos where he's working out. But, you know, Soler's always in shape, but when he's working out, he's still got his Marlins gear on. Is that, a, is that a sign? Is it a tip of the cap? Is it What is it? Soler, does he want to be in Miami? Everything to me says he does. He likes the area. And so 
That got me thinking. Lourdes Gurriel ended up signing yesterday. That was Sunday, the 17th of December. Gurriel, not the Marlins Gurriel, but the one that was traded to the Diamondbacks, ended up having a bounce back year. Real nice year with the Diamondbacks. But he ends up signing what I think to be a really nice deal from a Diamonds, Diamondbacks perspective. And actually, it wouldn't shock me at all, speaking about Hoy Soler, if he ends up with the Diamondbacks. I know they're saying the Mariners, in some reports today, are maybe favorites for Hoy Soler. But the Diamondbacks definitely are seeking a DH as well. And so, for me, Soler fits that profile. But not to segue into that topic, what I want to talk about is the fact that um, Lourdes Gurriel, he's traded to the Diamondbacks, having spent a ton of time with the Blue Jays. Um, he enjoys it. The, the Diamondbacks obviously go on a great run. He can see what's there. He can see the talent that's around. He knows they still have a chance to win and do something again next year. It's always going to be tough in, in the NL West, clearly. But he effectively ends up taking a what, what I believe and perceive to be a bit of a discount to remain with the Diamondbacks. This is the really intriguing thing about free agency, where I guess some guys want to just max it. They don't care where they go. I don't care the destination, the team. I do, do not care what I care about most is how much guaranteed money I can accrue. I get it. I've got no problem with that. Would I go about it in that way? I don't know, <laughs> is the honest answer. But probably not. I think there's more, many, many more factors that go into decisions rather than just what is the highest dollar value, in my opinion. And I think Lourdes Gurriel has signaled that, has demonstrated that. It's one of the most obvious demonstrations there where I think he's left money on the table elsewhere. He had a year that, you know, would have taken him, you know, to a contract above and beyond what he signed. So what does that mean for Jorge Soler? I think that when we come back to it, I think Soler wants to be in Miami. <clears throat> the signals he's putting out there. You know, he had a great year last... You know, to be honest with you, Jorge Soler, when he's been on the field for the Marlins, he's been great. He's been exactly what the Marlins want. The Marlins still absolutely have a need for Jorge Soler. Let's just call that out. Like, it was a great fit. He's performed well there. He seems to like South Florida. For me, the, the, it still remains a great fit. <clears throat> the question is, is what is Jorge Soler seeking in terms of dollar value? And I think the, the the challenge here is like this is maybe Soler's like final big deal, like the final cash in deal. And so for him, you know, he may be prioritizing total guaranteed money. And I think that's going to be from a Marlins perspective the challenge. The Marlins didn't offer him or extend a qualifying offer. Let's not forget that as well. For me, that didn't make a ton of sense um, because. Consider, I mean, we've, we've spoken about this, but just to remind you, the Marlins didn't extend that qualifying offer. Soler would have, in my opinion, 95% turned that down. Um, and so, you know, that to me signals that the Marlins aren't really keen on entertaining Soler at kind of 15 million plus, you know, towards 20 million in any year. And frankly, at this point with the Marlins, you have to question like how much budget flexibility is there? They have yet to spend any dollars Zero dollars on free agents for the big league roster at this point. And so you have to wonder, you know, how much money there is to spend considering the dead money, the money that's already there, plus the arbitration number. Like, it's kind of getting to about last year's number. 
And so, do they have the means to go beyond? In theory, you should say yes, because Major League Baseball in general is, is performing. Year-on-year year, revenue growth is significantly up. You know, the, the probably the revenue sharing is going to be up. You know, everything is growing in Major League Baseball at this point. And thus, there should be, in theory, you know, inflation is up. And so you have to kind of bake that in. Like, you know, if, if the payroll was 100 million, like, let's bake in at least a 15% growth. Let's give it, you know, 115 mil just to keep up with inflation and the growth, maybe. I don't know. But everything we're hearing out of the Marlins at this point is suggesting there's limited amounts of money to spend. And I'm really intrigued to see. I mean, I put a tweet out earlier, like, do the Marlins, and this is this will severely quash this Soler rumor situation, but do the Marlins even sign anyone above $3 million this year? Like, are they going to go for, like, a couple of vets to plug a couple of holes? Basically, Yuli Gurriel's. From last year, are they going to go for a couple of Yuli Gurriels and Garrett Hampsons? Like, is that who they are targeting in the free agency? It may be. So the question will be: Is do they sign anyone at a contract value over three million? Remember last year, Johnny Cueto and Gene Segura, both of them absolute bums, by the way, absolutely terrible free agent deals. The Marlins checked in on everyone. They were in on tons of guys. They couldn't get deals done, but the deals they did get done were terrible. Segura and Cueto, terrible. And so, frankly, for me, and when, when Kim Ang was operating this ball club, I said it headed into, you know, as the season progressed, I don't want the Marlins to sign any free agents ever again was the feeling that I had. I want Kim Ang to operate from a trade perspective. She can identify talent via trade, and the players have no say, which is a bit of a win. The problem is the players the Marlins wanted, they had a say, and what they were saying was, we do not want to come to Miami. We want to go to other situations, environments, for whatever reason. I don't know the reasons. But they were they were saying that their preference was not to be in Miami playing for the Marlins. So that's a problem for the fish. That's where you end up making poor decisions to fill holes and overspending to get guys in. That absolutely needs to change. With Jorge Soler, there is no question of the on-field production. Zero question, in my opinion. With Soler, you get... You get what you pay for there. And the Marlins need it. The question is, is can they convince Jorge Soler to take a similar type of deal to Lourdes Gurriel? That's the question. I think they can. Frankly, I think the market for Soler could be interesting. There's definitely a few teams. We've heard it rumble today. The Mariners. The Marlins. The Yankees. I don't mind the Yankees. I mean, could you imagine if the Yankees signed and Jorge Soler, and decided to just move on from Giancarlo Stanton. Like, could that happen? Could the Yankees just think, we're done with Giancarlo, we're going to eat this dough? I personally can't see it, but I mean, listen, if they're, gonna, if they're thinking about eating the dough, then they should trade it to the Braves. I mean, the Braves are just eating money left, right, and center. They're trying to move money everywhere. Matt Carpenter's gone to the Braves. They can't move that contract, so they, they move him on and swallow that money. I mean, boy, oh boy, the Braves... Alex Anthopoulos has just been, he's been operating in a very different way to any other GM this offseason, which has been really intriguing. I'm really intrigued to see how it goes with the Braves. I think we're, we know how it goes. Like the roster still remains stacked. You know, okay, they may be missing a, a, you know, a starting pitcher. They'll find a starting pitcher, I'm sure. <laughs> 
frankly, from a Marlins perspective at this point, like it wouldn't shock me if the Marlins and, and, and Bravos pulled the deal, to be honest. If it takes Savicel Garcia away from the Marlins, like I'm, I can honestly see that happening to a, to a point. Even so, the Bravos have been very interesting. But I'm I, going back to the point here, Giancarlo, like if, if the, the rumors are that the Yankees are in on Hoy Soler, then there's a big red flag around what the future holds for Giancarlo Stanton in New York, frankly. There's a lot of money owed still, but a lot of people spoke about this headed into the offseason. I've seen people on Twitter talking about it saying, is Giancarlo's time in New York coming to an end? If they retained a ton of the dough, could there be a possibility for Big G to return back to Miami? It sounds wild, really wild. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I could absolutely see a pathway to it happening, particularly if the Yankees wanted to eat the dough. Speaking of though, let's talk about our good friends over at FanDuel. Yes, sir. And then we're going to talk about this win-win trade involving Jesus Luzardo. And you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use and has all of the betting options you need, and includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and more! Exclamation point. So, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, you're back here with me, Peter Pratt, on Monday. Monday, the 18th of December. Yes, we are still podcasting about the Marlins in December, late into December. And we've spoken about Lourdes Gurriel, his undervalued deal, whether Hoy Soler could follow suit with the Marlins. I think it is really ambitious. I also, I'm not convinced that the Marlins will sign anyone over $3 million this offseason, to be honest. I think uh, budget and money is tight. But with that being said, what I think is more possible is the Marlins make another big-time deal for another one of their big-time arms. And that big-time arm, because there is no smoke without fire, there is no smoke without fire, correct? That is the right way around. And I keep seeing the name Jesus Lazaro popping up, mainly because I'm tweeting about it, but other people are too. Various sites, Ken Rosenthal, other people, Marlins, you know, they're open to the conversation around Jesus Lozado. Three years of control with Jesus Lozado, coming off his best ever season, his most innings pitched. Uh, if this were to be the Rays, they would at this point be looking to sell high on Lozado, maximize the value. That's why you consider it right now. With Sandy Alcantara gone in 24, the Marlins really need Jesus Lozado if they are to remain really competitive. Do the Marlins think they can be competitive? Not sure. It's possible. It's possible. Anything's possible. They have guys that can, you know, step up. Just imagine if Trevor Rogers is able to step up, fill that void. Just imagine if Max Meyer can make a return. It's interesting. Bit more, you know, bit more innings out of Yuri Perez. Braxy still doing his thing. Eddie Cabrera takes a step. There's arms. There's definitely arms around the Marlins. Absolutely. I mean, you look at all these projections and 
war projections and you name it. Like the Marlins at this point are projected to have like a top five war, rotation war, and bullpen war as well, I think. So they've got tons of pitching. Lozado's a big part of that. Anyway, let's talk about this trade. Who's it with, firstly? We know why. We know why the Marlins will sell. They're looking to plug a gap at shortstop. They're looking to plug many gaps, to be honest with you. But one of the gaps is shortstop. And there's a, there's a team and a fit that I think is the most perfect fit on the face of it. Let me just preface this with I am not a specialist in this team at all in following them. So some of the, the observations I've made may be incorrect. Please let me know. The team I'm talking about, Minnesota Twins. So any Twins fans joining me, or if you know a Twins fan, tag them in the comments in YouTube. Get them involved in this conversation because I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear the view. So the Twins absolutely need more pitching. Let's remember last offseason, Pablo Lopez going to the Twins for Luis Arias, one of the biggest win-wins. Pablo Lopez extended by the Twins, big part of the rotation. Problem is, other guys from that rotation, now free agents. Interested to see where the Twins go from a pitching perspective. But in my opinion at this point, they're seeking pitching. High-quality pitching. They've got talent in Minnesota. They're in a, in a division that is always winnable. And frankly, they need to add, they need to add some arms. And they, they've got Pablo to build around, but they need more. So, Jesus Lazardo, I mean, Jesus Lazardo makes sense for 29, for 30 clubs. He makes sense for the Marlins too. He makes sense for everyone. So there's not a team that you could ring up and say, what about Jesus Lazardo? And they'd hang up on you. Not a single one. That's how good Lazardo is and how good this situation is. The Marlins can move him anywhere. But their, look, their need is quite specific in some ways. Equally, the player that you would build this around, in my opinion, that works well, is Royce Lewis. Former first-round pick, former number one overall pick with the Twins. So Royce Lewis, who is he? Why should the Marlins target him? And why should the Twins, or why would the Twins be open to it? When, like, in my general assessment of Royce Lewis... The reality is he is basically the Twins version of Jazz Chisholm Jr. What I mean by that is the upside is immense, the production on field impressive, but the injury concerns have been there. And equally, the, the, the defensive versatility has been there, driven by the physical attributes he holds. He is basically the Twins version of Jazz Chisholm Jr., in my opinion. So, Royce Lewis was pegged effectively to be a shortstop. What did the Twins do last offseason? They went and signed Carlos Correa, blocking Royce Lewis. He then got shunted out into center field, tore his ACL. He didn't play any center field last season. A little bit of shortstop, but he then slid over to third base. So a bit of time at third base. Frankly, with his tools, he could play anywhere. But with the Twins, you're hearing some rumors starting to knock around now, talking about are they looking to move on from maybe Polanco? Are they looking to make some moves? Like The reason these rumors are coming out at this point is the Twins are seeking pitching. 
They're trying to get arms, and maybe they're trying to save some money. I don't know, but they're seeking pitching, and maybe they feel like they could swing a deal for like a, a Polanco or Max Kepler's being talked about. They're trying to move guys to get in arms. That's what, in my opinion, that's what they're trying to do. Royce Lewis at this point, he's blocked in his primary position. He could be blocked elsewhere. They have other guys coming through. Um, who's that other prospect that the Marlins should have taken a few years ago? Um, Brooksley. They've got him coming through, who I believe also plays third base. So effectively, I'm looking at Royce Lewis and thinking, he, he, he looks like the stick looks great. The stick looks great. Like, in reality, we feel like Jazz's stick looks great. The versatility is real. The injury concerns are real. There's tons to like, and there's tons of risk. So much. But when I look at this, I can just see... When we're talking about Anthony Volpe uh, a few days ago, and I know Isaac Azut from Fish on First has talked plenty about Anthony Volpe and this kind of deal. Uh, I, can, I can see where he's coming from. I think that I think that Royce Lewis offensively is a step significantly above Volpe, in my opinion, at this point anyway. that's in, in terms of what he's put on tape, let's just call it that, at the big league level, Royce Lewis significantly more advanced than Volpe. Yeah, he hit 20 home runs of Volpe and stole 20 bags. Still take Royce Lewis. Can he play shortstop is the question. I think he can. He's played third base. He's played center field. He could probably play second. He could play anywhere. Royce Lewis, that's the point. It's a bit like Jazz. He could kind of play anywhere. But I think Royce could play shortstop. When you look at his numbers um, in terms of <laughs> the big league level, 2023 only had 239 plate appearances, primarily because he spent time, um, it, well, bit of injury and bit of minor league action. But when he was up at the big league level, he had over 300 including 15 home runs. That's just in 239 plate appearances, by the way, guys. Stole six bags. An OPS of 920. You go and look at Baseball Savant, and you've got ex-Woba, ex-Batting Average, ex-Slug, everything like it is red. Red, red, red. Um, you know, the strikeouts there. Walks aren't amazing. Bit of chase. Like, it looks like that prototypical power guy in many ways, but, you know... It looks impressive. It really does. And then from a defensive perspective, it looks okay. Average, maybe. But there's plenty to like in Royce Lewis's profile. There really is. And like I said, for me, when I look at what the Twins need and what they've got, Royce Lewis is a guy that absolutely could be moved. Frankly, they blocked him when they went and signed Carlos Correa. Now they're trying to square peg round hole and move him around. You know, can you find a different position? And we've seen that work with Jazz. So oh, we should rule that out. They were thinking about him being a center fielder. They're thinking about him being a third baseman. But in my opinion, if the Twins are prioritizing an arm, which based on their current roster, they should be, Royce Lewis is a guy that could and should be made available to go and acquire an elite arm. And there's not many of them. There's not many of those arms available, but Jesus Lazardo is absolutely one of them. And three years of control of Jesus Lazardo. So for me, there is a strong possibility in some ways, depending on which way the Marlins want to go. I don't know which way they want to go. Because Craig Mish is talking about restocking the farm. If you go and sign Roy, a trade for Royce Lewis, that is not restocking the farm. That is taking from pitching and adding to 
your offense in, in your big league roster. There's four years of control on Royce, by the way. And there are three on Jesus Lozado. So for me, it feels like a win-win. It addresses a significant need for the Marlins. It clearly hurts them right now from a pitching perspective. But they'll be banking on being able to develop their own guys they've got in the organization right now. They'll be banking on trying to get Trevor Rogers back. They'll be banking on tons, for sure. I don't know if this is something that will happen, but if the Marlins were looking to do like a one-for-one-er, for me, this looks like a perfect one-for-one-er. Get a bit cheaper, add a guy that's proven in terms of offensive ability at the big league level. In a relatively small sample size, I have to say, but the profile is stunning. The injury concerns are real. Very much like a Jazz Chisholm profile. Moved around defensively, throws himself around, got hurt, couple of ACL issues. So there's risk there for the Marlins, absolutely. But frankly, there's risk there for the Twins too. I know Jesus Lozado last year relatively unscathed in injuries, but all the other years there's always been injury issues. So there's always risk with those. But I could see this as a significant win-win. We'll wait to see if it happens. Let me know in the comments what you think. I It's not a player that I've looked at a ton, but as I was thinking about it today in some detail in advance of this episode, I thought, guys, you know one of the moments, that you know one of those like light bulb or penny drop moments when you're just looking and thinking and trying to piece it together, like who's blocked, who's talented, who's cheap but blocked? That's kind of like you're trying to profile that where you've got, You've got too much of something. And the Twins, have they've got, they've got Carlos Correa at shortstop. He's, Royce Lewis is not displacing Correa. They've got other guys that they like too. They've got guys playing at second base. I think um, Julian, Julien is playing second base for them. Polanco. You know, they've got guys in there that they like. And I'm pretty sure they'll be like, like in Jesus Lozado. Let me know what you think. Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. And joining me on Lockdown Marlins. Uh, on Monday, the 18th of December. I'm back tomorrow with the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, and we are talking about Luis Arias. Speaking of ex-twins, speaking about Luis Arias, and we are going to talk about, well, it's a, it's a flex on a family favorite, and the, the baseball version of this will be uh, trade, extend, or release via free agency. We're going to talk about all three of those options with Luis Arias specifically with the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett. Looking forward to joining you guys joining me on that one. I'll see you guys soon.